Hold on. Ready? Does anyone know Valerie? David does. That sounded pretty good. You like, like it? it? Yeah. Maybe it's because I didn't have Rob screaming in my other ear. <laughs> okay. Yes, this is our re-recording because I forgot to push the record button. So we're having to re-record all the wonderful conversation that we had for episode 45 of IoT Coffee Talk. Welcome. And uh, we have Stephanie and David. And me, and today we're going to talk about IoT in oil and gas, I guess, right? That's uh, what we were, yeah. That's what we're, we're gonna have to, we're, This is going to be a short one simply because um, I forgot to press the record button. All this wonderful conversation that we had beforehand didn't get recorded. So, and we're out of the house. We're not doing Clubhouse this week. Thank God. <laughs> You know, thank God. That's so, okay. Sorry yes, about that, guys. Well, I guess the community will get the condensed version. So, uh, you know, I think one of the points that we were talking is that, um, you know, folks think uh, energy utilities, oil and gas, and immediately their mind wanders to the really big, big outfits, but not so much to the uh, field services companies, those, those outfits that are absolutely, uh, I mean, the heartbeat of the big industries, right? But they are your 10, 12, 50 manpower and women power outfits. And the discussion was around, you have uh, these, these folks who are experts in, uh, in, their, um, in, in what they do and how they service oil and gas companies and deliver maintenance and installations, et cetera. Uh, these folks are also asset heavy, uh, especially the ones that have to do again, you know, installs and maintenance. And uh, during our conversation, uh, we brought up the fact that as, as a community, because they're not considered large players, uh, they may be uh, either underserved from an IoT perspective, uh, or they're just, there's very little awareness. And, and, and some of the things uh, could be, uh, one, there isn't a IoT provider that decided to solve a very specific issue. For example, you know, I'll say asset management, which to us could mean many things, but in this case, tools, parts, equipment that a field services operator needs to have on hand to support a client that they have a contract with. That's in this case, what we're calling assets. And while we have seen both on the enterprise side and, and maybe you know, medium-sized businesses, many um, asset management uh, solutions that do leverage IoT and, and sensors and tax and whatnot, we were discussing how uh, this community might be underserved. Uh, some of the issues uh, that we talked were, do, and Stephanie brought this up, is, do the, is there a perception that these things will be expensive? Therefore, don't talk to me about it. Um, is there an, uh, a, um, a, not a cultural issue, but is there an organizational issue where if this outfit doesn't have an IT department, they might not be as open to having a, a technology discussion. 
and we were going down the path on of then so how do you educate them do you go through a distributor do you go through the the majors and um so anyway i don't know that was like the recap of this you know let's solve it for you know for oil and gas so i i give it back to stephanie for some smart commentary on like mine <laughs> Well, I'd say too, I would add is the operational assets, right? Um, the pipeline. And, you know, I think a lot of those in the industry, they, they think about the industry upstream, downstream, midstream. And then you have such a, the ecosystem is pretty wide when it comes to the suppliers and the vendors that are serving this sector. Um, but the field services piece is what we were kind of digging into because there's a lot of smaller players in that space, but you know, they are the heartbeat of from an operational perspective. And um, they are also the relationship that many of these large energy companies depend on um, for their, you know, what Leonard said earlier is it's all about production and flow. Um, and anything that disrupts that is massive amounts of money. And money is that's their focus is and that's how they're measured in the industry. That's how they're measured when it comes to regulatory and compliance. Um but the whole issue is, is how do we connect with these possibly under-resourced or underserved? That's a big term I think a lot of folks are using as well. Um, industry uh, providers, not industry providers, but industry players in the um, oil and gas energy, in energy industry that could highly benefit from IoT, but they're not necessarily the ones that are going to go out there and have these conversations with large companies. Um, and are they having these conversations with more so would it benefit by having those conversations through their traditional suppliers and vendors that they already operate under, already have the relationship with because money is a factor. But the other thing I was thinking of, David, was is that maybe they don't have an IT person, but it's all about operations. So they're going to have operational um, and, and project and program managers that are in charge of anything and everything that could help them um, from an efficiency perspective or reducing downtime, mechanical problems and issues like that. So, you know, I think it's, it's the approach and how do we, how do we as an I IOT community better identify these under-resourced, underserved industries or sub-industries? Because there's probably a lot of money on the table that the industry is missing because the eye on the prize is always these large multinational corporations, yeah. these large nationwide companies. And if you hone in on the state of Texas, there could be quite a bit of money for oil and gas suppliers, distributors, field service companies that need some type of, whether it's plug and play or something that's implemented very easily. Cause that's also something I think that they're more likely to leverage or use in their business to help them with their customers. Yeah, and I, I think the IoT opportunity is not just in in service and operations, but it, like I was mentioning before, I mean, their primary asset is the actual asset or what they call uh, what we call, we think of as the reservoir, right? So if they identify a field, that's what they would like to characterize uh, with. IoT and they've been using IoT technologies for quite some time. And earlier, I was talking about how they really kind of lead the edge on on IoT and have for a long time, even outside of industrial, uh, simply because uh, a lot of their assets are out in remote, remote rural areas, like what you're saying, Stephanie. You you live right smack dab in the middle of all that stuff, so you know very well. 
uh, or they could be uh, on, out on a, a, a rig in the middle of the, uh, the Gulf or offshore. And these are very constrained environments. I mean, if you want to talk about requirements that are extremely stringent, just go and look at what the oil and gas industry is dealing with on a day to day basis. But, you know, here's the funny thing. As you guys were uh, talking, it, it, it dawned on me that this industry is one of the industry where this whole idea or this axiom that, um, uh, what is it? Data is the, the new oil. Oil literally is, uh, it, it's actually true, right? You follow the oil. And if you cut off the oil, um, there's no value, right? Or value is lost. And that is why data is important along, along that pipeline at actually the most important interface, which is the well, right? And speaking of parts, I mean, I was working with some majors uh, back when I in my IBM days uh, on IoT and and emerging technologies and figuring out, well, how do we we design or think through what the well of the future is going to be? They were talking about instrumenting uh, drill bits because these things, number one, are really costly. And if they fail, it, it, they disrupt production directly. I mean, this is where where the money is right you wake work your way out and the the roi the value starts to diminish as you move away from the well and that, i think when you look at the oil and gas industry that's a really simple way of looking at where is the value in iot but you also have to consider that these guys probably know more about iot than any of us do uh, because they, they're, they're looking at technologies like, um, they've been looking at edge computing for a long time. <laughs> you know, putting, how do you put HPC out on a rig and in a way where it doesn't explode? Or how do you get AR glasses on our well operators uh, on a rig in the middle of the uh, Gulf, uh, which won't ignite a, an explosion on the rig and destroy the entire uh, you know, operating asset. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, but I think it's, it is going to be challenging for, uh, IOT folks to actually identify truly underserved, um, segments of the oil and gas industry. Uh, some, and I, I think the, the approach as you start to get further out from the well, you, uh, this is my opinion, and I'd like to get your reactions. You, you, you really have to work with either the the OEM or the uh, service provider, uh, or you know the the field service organization, or the customer has to assume the risk and the cost of uh, of you know instrumenting uh, you know things assets to reduce uh, production risk or risk to production. I, I, my, my thinking is that's how you have to kind of think through it. And then once you do that, you realize, okay, it, it, it would be a, a, a challenging conversation to have. I, I don't, um, well, like Mark, I don't completely disagree, but I have a different view that is not just at the well. You know, I think, you know, when Stephanie mentioned, you know, uh, um, downstream, midstream, upstream, the reality is, it's it's a chain, right? It's like if we got a blockage at the Suez Canal, like we're we're, we're done, right? But I was just a part in a big process. So I think that 
from an IoT perspective, there's value beyond the well. What changes though is who cares about that value? Because you might have company X, I own the this portion, and here's the well, right? And the money literally flowing out of the ground. But you you can have hundreds or or thousands of suppliers down the rest of the chain that could all leverage uh, differently and independently from uh, from an IoT outcome. And everybody's got to be in it to win it. However, this brings some issues that we visited 30 episodes ago, which is, hey, if you have a complex supply chain where IoT could help everyone in the chain, like everyone, like across the board, but things get shut down to the, well, who owns the data? And who's the customer record? And if we get breached, who's responsible? And then it's like, never mind. You do your thing. Stephanie, do your thing. And I'll do my thing. Um, But anyway, that's my way of disagreeing, Leonard. I I think in Uh, in this, there's IoT value soup to nuts. Beautiful. And then you you just stepped on the biggest pile of data doo-doo in the industry, which is the... No, it's awesome that you did that uh, because... The, the the question of who owns the data is a huge one in the industry. I mean, if you think that BP or Shell own the data, they actually have, they contract out the operations as, as well as the build out of these assets. They're like project managers for the most part. And they're trying to focus on like what Stephanie, you were talking about the upstream stuff, but like exploration and identifying and figuring out where these assets are and then contracting with the different jurisdictions and countries to uh, to develop these assets uh, so you're you're spot on there's data everywhere and you know even downstream well downstream then you have the refineries right that's a yeah and I would say I would asset. I would add a whole nother look to the layers and outside of exploration I think most of IOT is going to be after you start produ- production. Um, I think a lot of the opportunities, but I look at it from what are some of the opportunities or key factors that the industry is focused on. And they're focused, I mean, huge safety, safety, compliance, generation, transmission. And so maybe there are a couple other factors that come into play that are super important to the industry. Mm. And there are IOT solutions that help facilitate those key issues in the industry or help reduce cost or improve efficiency what you know all the typical enterprise terms that we throw out there for marketing um but i think as you get closer to the customer you're speaking their language when you actually talk about a very specific instance like i mentioned in colorado the air monitoring compliance that's required by may 1st that's that's a trigger that's something that they have to comply with or they might not, you know, that shuts down production. So I think as you get closer to more specifics, I think a lot of the industry in IO2, we speak in such generalities yeah. and they mean a lot of things to a lot of industries. Yeah. But when you start to get into the field services sector for oil and gas, if you're not talking about the issues or the solutions or the products that they're putting out there to help their customers and IOT comes into factor in those then you're just you're not going to really be able to meet the underserved or under-resourced because they don't yeah. they're not going to have that conversation with you. And so one of the things that I like to, to do with my customers, especially as they're starting to okay, let me just 
focus in on three verticals, three industries. A lot of people in the industry call them verticals, but, and then maybe they even have some sub industries that go under that. Well, my first exercise of them is, do you understand their ecosystem? Mm -hmm. And when I say ecosystem, I mean, suppliers, partners, what are these big equipment brands that they work with? What are, um, what are some of the external um, parties that are involved in this whole flow of operations? And then wh what are some of their main vendors that they work with that maybe aren't even technology related? Yeah. But if you don't understand who they are and what they are and what they're doing, then you are going, you're never going to have that conversation and you're never, you just, you're not going to understand. And I know that a lot of people hire subject matter experts and whatnot, and that's like a few steps further. But if you don't understand the, if you have, you don't have a good grasp on this ecosystem that you're trying to sell to or market to, then you're really going to struggle. And you're just, they're not going to talk about IOT. You know, they're just not yeah, going to. Exactly. Oh, my God. You know, I think this is weird. This is the, probably the most screwed up, ep, ep, uh, you know, production of an episode that we've had. But it's, I think, one of the best ones that we've had for for our audience. Especially it's always the best one each week, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but you know what? I actually have to take off. Um, this is going to be the shortest episode. I love it. Hey, I love these little. that bad. But before we uh, before we sign off, I, I just wanted to bring up what we started our um, our failed recording with, which is the tremendous success that uh, Elevate Our Kids had. Uh, there there was a press release. Um, there was a collaboration with uh, T-Mobile, and uh, you know Stephanie, just plug that really quick. But I I want to recognize you because I witnessed the tremendous work that you did, the leadership that you provided making this happen. And, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about doing ch charitable stuff and doing things for the good. I I'm truly, I, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart, really honored to have been part of this to support you. I can't even, to support you, you led, and it was an absolute beautiful thing to see. Seriously. Thank you, Thank you so much. And, well, and, that's and I just coming from here. Yeah, that's that's I mean, it's extremely rewarding. I think the big thing is, is I feel like a lot of us go about our day to day jobs. But when you start to get into activities like this, it's just I mean, it's rewarding. It's exciting. And we're helping. I mean, we always talk about tech for good. And the whole idea around elevator kids was, OK, we got to start doing something about it. Yeah. What can we do? And for this particular um, instance, we are supporting Tulsa, Oklahoma schools with 150 Chromebooks and internet access. And, and we targeted them because they're an under resource and under, um, you know, they just, it's under, you know, they don't underfunded. And um, we looked for diverse neighborhoods and we're like, these folks, it's, it's not fair that COVID happened. It's not fair that the pandemic happened. We're forcing kids to remotely learn in, in homes and areas and neighborhoods that don't have access and don't have equipment, that's a shame. So Elevate Our Kids was all about that. And so we hope to do more corporations. If you want to get involved, yes. let us know. Let us know. ElevateOurKids.org. Yeah, call us. <laughs> yeah, big time. So with that, um, thanks for listening in. Uh, follow us at www.iotcoffeetalk.com. Punch that like button and uh rise and shine isn't that like <laughs> forgetting i out? hate i hate that it, it turns it around how do you flip it oh there is a way to flip your screen 
Uh, oh. I didn't do that. There is a way to flip your screen on Zoom. I'm just yeah. wor- wondering where your get shit done one is. <laughs> I, I like don't know. <laughs> My husband complained to me this last night when he was putting all the coffee cups. He's like, we have a coffee cup problem. <laughs> we have to throw away some or give away some because he's like, we don't have any room for them. <sighs> wow. well, and I just bought two more. You know what? <laughs> you, could, you could bury them out in your gigantic yard or ranch. <laughs> I love users. my coffee cups. Well, going <laughs> forward, I'm going to use this uh, IoT connected. Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, I, I want to say that it's the last day for nominations, but by the time this is published. Oh. Yeah. But we got a lot of folks come. I mean, of course, everyone, they're just like me. We're procrastinators and they're all rolling in at the last day. So I'm like, my emails are flowing right now. So, so we'll let you. I'm go. excited. Next week, we'll have a press release around awesome. who the. Um, so I may be, don't, don't, if I'm have a tie or if I need some help, I might be reaching out to you guys and getting some of your feedback on the voting. <laughs> okay. Right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.